Local COVID cases crossed the 5,000 mark for the second day in a row on Monday, as the CECC announced 5,108 domestic infections. Cases were reported in every city and county, with more than 1,000 cases each in Taipei and New Taipei. The CECC also reported 16 new patients with moderate or severe symptoms. Starting Tuesday, the CECC will stop assigning case numbers to patients. It will also stop requiring local governments to release details on patients' whereabouts before their diagnosis. The CCC also announced shorter isolation periods for contacts of COVID cases. Starting Tuesday, people listed as close contacts will only have to isolate at home for three days, down from the current 10 days. They can go outside on the fourth day as long as they test negative on a rapid test. After their release, they must take rapid tests on a daily basis for the next four days. People currently in home isolation who have been isolating for at least three days will be released starting Wednesday. With the epidemic heating up, Taipei has launched a one-week distance teaching drill at its secondary schools. On day one of the teaching of the exercise, some teachers stayed home while others still turned up on campus to use the classroom facilities. School administrators say they will provide full support to teachers based on individual needs to ensure that learning can continue despite the pandemic. It's class time, and the teacher is up at the whiteboard breaking down a concept. Over in the audience, there's not a student to be found. Instead, she's teaching to a camera. In response to the worsening epidemic, Taipei launched a one-week distance learning drill on Monday. Remote lessons are underway at all of the city's junior and senior high schools. For faculty, this is the first time returning to distance teaching since the Level 3 COVID alert was imposed last year. The situation with our school is that in-person classes are suspended for grades 7, 8 and 9. We are conducting online teaching. We conduct this online teaching according to the class schedule of each of our classes. We're not forcing teachers to come in, but if they feel that their home internet isn't very stable and they want to use the classroom blackboard or the school's information network, then we provide the classrooms for them. Teachers choose what best suits their needs. Over in the computer lab, each virtual lesson is being recorded and monitored. The school says it was given only one week to set up the drill and had to rush to make it happen. Not only that, the high school entrance exams are just around the corner. Some parents fear their children will lose focus at home, the school says. The Department of Education made the decision very hastily, but all Taipei schools had made preparations before, during their prior experience in remote learning. Of course, the reactions from parents are mixed. Parents of 7th and 8th graders are mainly prioritizing safety and health considerations, but the parents of 9th graders mainly want their children to attend physical classes. In light of the upcoming exams, schools have discretion over whether to keep 9th graders in physical classes. Flexible arrangements can be made, the city says. In addition, students who cannot take the test due to COVID will be allowed an opportunity to reschedule. The DPP has finalized three more major candidates for the upcoming local elections. It's picked Deputy Speaker Tsai Chi-Tang to run for mayor in Taizong. For the commissioner election in Yunlin, it will field legislator Liu Jianguo. In Miaoli County, it's recruited Xu Dingzhen, a former head of the county's Toufen City. All three candidates are aiming to unseat KMT incumbents on November 26th. 
One day after being tapped for Taichung's mayoral race, Deputy Speaker Tsai Chi-chang canvassed the streets with a DPP councillor candidate. On Monday, he was asked if he intended to resign his current post to focus on the election. Tsai replied with a question of his own. The incumbent mayor is also running in the election. She's the mayor now, and she is still on active duty. Should she resign to campaign against me? Regarding this allegation that I'm campaigning for office while on duty, every single person has duties. For the Union Commissioner's race, the DPP called up Lie Jianguo to challenge KMT incumbent Zhang Lishan. Sources say Liu was chosen because he fared well in internal polling, losing to the incumbent by only 10 percentage points. He is said to have outperformed even Su Zhifen, a former Union County Commissioner. This is an honor, but also a responsibility. In undertaking it, I must do my best. I will have a proactive campaign strategy. Throughout this process, if there is anyone I need to pay a call on, I will do so with the utmost sincerity. For Miaoli County, the DPP decided to field Xu Dingzhen for commissioner. On Monday, Xu was brimming with confidence. The DPP will have very good results in Miaoli County. I'm very confident. It's time for a transition of power. The KMT has still yet to pick its candidate. There is not yet a final decision. Let's all keep at it. Those who want the nomination should continue to work hard. In the eyes of the blue camp, Miali County has always been an electoral stronghold, a sure thing. No matter who they nominate, the KMT always seems to get elected. But I'm not afraid, no matter who they nominate. Even if they choose former Commissioner Liu Zhenhong, I will do my best. I am confident that I will win the election. Potential KMT candidates include Zhong Dongjin, the head of Miaoli County Council. Local sources say that former County Commissioner Liu Zhenhong is also eyeing the post. Three political figures are going on tour to share what it's like to go through a recall election. Last October, legislator Chen Bowei was removed in a recall election, recall vote in Taizong's 2nd District. Just a few months later, independent lawmaker Freddie Lim and Kaohsiung councillor Wang Jie were also hit by recall challenges, which both of them survived. On Monday, they announced that they're going on the tour to share their thoughts and reflections at three school campuses. I often laugh and say we are probably among the few people in Taiwan who have gotten the full experience of Taiwan's democracy. In targeting us, what they wanted to do was vent their dissatisfaction with traditional politics. But to a certain extent, it was also a rejection of the new generation, the new faces that were rising up to fight for Taiwan. I will go to the schools to share these thoughts, to encourage more young people to stand up and fight for what we believe is a better future. This is very important. After going through two years of these crazy recalls and referendums, I think it is time to talk about revising the system and deepening Taiwan's democracy. So the three of us will get together to share our thoughts and experiences from this journey. Huang and Lim were at a Taipei press event to announce their campus tour. Lim said he wanted to communicate with the next generation toward the goal of improving Taiwan's democracy. He said he faced false accusations and smear campaigns when fighting his recall. Even so, he said he doesn't want to discourage youths from pursuing a career in politics. 
Instead, he hopes the youngsters will continue to advance Taiwan's democracy by moving forward with strong ideals and enthusiasm. Taoyuan will play host to a major Hakka Culture Expo in 2023. Taoyuan Mayor Zheng Wen-chan has been uh, spearheading the project. On Friday, he unveiled the event's main visual, which combines mountains, sea, villages, and sunset to create an archetypal picture of Hakka identity. The expo is set to showcase many different elements of Hakka heritage alongside exciting technological reinterpretations of the spirit of Hakka life. Musician Lin Sheng Xiang plays the Yueqin or Moon Lute, accompanied by a Chinese flautist and hand drums. The relaxed tune has a nostalgic country air. The World Hakka Expo opens in August 2023, and the main visual has just been unveiled. Taoyuan Mayor Zheng Wenchan has vowed to promote Hakka culture. This was a pledge that I and President Tsai Ing-wen made during the election, and it became part of the forward-looking infrastructure plan too. We want to make Global Hakka the theme, to highlight Taiwan as a hub for the revitalization of Hakka culture, an important center for its development. The population of Taoyuan is 2.27 million people, of whom 900,000, around 40%, are of Hakka descent. The 2023 World Hakka Expo will have two major sections, Hakka in Taiwan and Hakka of the World. There will also be seven side halls showing off special aspects of Hakka life, like the Yong'an Sea Snail Culture Hall and the Taiwan Hakka Tea Hall. The World Hakka Expo will reinterpret the Hakka spirit across many dimensions language, charity, culture, music, and theater from Taiwan to all around the world. We want to show everyone the future of Hakka life. The expo will provide a center for Hakka identity, where Hakka people in Taiwan can take pride in their heritage and share the beauty of the traditions, as well as connect to the wider global Hakka diaspora. Taiwan stocks tanked on Monday, closing 404 points lower at 16,620. Losses were seen nearly across the board, with the exception of pandemic stocks. The bruising day came after fears of a Fed rate hike that sent the Dow tumbling by nearly 1,000 points. Under the impact of the U.S. stock market, it does look like weakness will continue in the short term. Later on, the real business opportunity will be in rapid screening. As most COVID cases are mild, as the government aligns itself with international standards, it will gradually replace home isolation with rapid testing. Whether the new Taiwan dollar continues to depreciate and whether foreign capital continues to flow, those are the top things to watch for. If the new Taiwan dollar moves toward 30, it won't be easy to stop the decline in this market. During trade on Monday, institutional investors sold a net total of 48.7 billion NT. That drove a sharp downturn in Taiwan's currency, which ended at 29.37 NT against the U.S. dollar. The Transport Ministry ran a drill of its Labor Day travel contingency plan on Monday. The plan provides replacement modes of travel on May 1st, when train services will be suspended nationwide due to worker protest. To make up for the shortfall in transport capacity, extra services will be offered on buses and the high-speed rail. 
A traveler disinfects his hands before boarding a coach bus bound for Taidong. The bus will travel the same route as Taiwan's railway service. Inside the station, staff show passengers how to make transfers. With rail workers planning to take collective leave on Labor Day, all train services will be suspended on May 1st. On Monday morning, the TRA and the Directorate General of Highways ran a simulation of its contingency plan. Unable to catch a train, one passenger vents his frustration. This was part of the government's drill for May 1st. Transport Minister Wang Guocai inspected the transfer arrangements. Additional coach bus and high-speed rail services are scheduled for May 1st. Passengers are also advised to travel via mass rapid transit and local buses. The government has opened 10 alternative bus routes along the West Coast, East Coast and the South Link Highway. The coach buses that will offer rail replacement services are conducting their trial now. After the trial, we might make some adjustments to the schedule. We'll find any problems that there are. The plan will be announced at midday on April 27th on a dedicated section of our official website. For example, at our station, there will only be five people on duty, including the station master. The Directorate General of Highways will be offering train replacement bus services to Kaohsiung and Taidong. On Labor Day, big signs will be up at all TRA locations, providing transfer information to passengers. To take the replacement bus services, passengers have to enter the train station and buy a ticket, either by swiping electronic cards on a sensor or by purchasing a local train ticket with cash at the counter or kiosk. Then they can go outside to wait for their bus. Passengers taking the high-speed rail or private coach buses will have to purchase tickets for those services as usual. Travelers who previously booked a TRA ticket for May 1st can cancel their ticket and get a refund up to one year later without incurring any processing fees. There are still about 8,000 booked tickets that haven't been cancelled yet. Whether we will be able to offer some services at set times depends on our negotiations with drivers over the next few days. On May 1st, I will be on the ground at the train lines, supervising the transport arrangements with all my colleagues. The TRA may be able to offer limited train services on May 1st, but the transport chief says it's too early to know for sure. He reiterated that the ministry would always be open to negotiation and that it would continue to communicate with rail workers over the TRA's corporatization plan. Do you know how to use a rapid test kit? With local COVID cases on the rise and more and more people are turning to at-home antigen tests to check for infection. But using them incorrectly can lead to inaccurate results or an experience that's more painful than it should be. As local COVID cases continue to rise, more and more people are trying out at-home rapid test kits. But sticking a cotton swab up one's nose can be a little intimidating. I saw that when you swab your nose, you have to go all the way in. It would feel like having a strange object in there. I think the swab has to be inserted quite deep. I would be concerned over whether I'm doing the rapid test correctly. To a certain degree, I'm a little worried about it being painful for children. I've had a swab before for the flu, so I know more or less what it feels like.
This ear, nose and throat doctor released an educational video showing people how to correctly take a sample. To get it right, first probe your nose with your index finger, then angle the swab, insert and rotate. If you feel a slight discomfort, you're doing it right, he says. To minimize pain when extracting the swab, twist it around as you pull. When you're inserting it, you need to move it slightly and hold the swab lightly. You have to be gentle. If you put it in gently, it will stop on its own when it encounters resistance. This pediatrician demonstrates how to handle a sample once it's collected. Put the swab in the extraction tube and roll it around with the liquid. Then put three drops of the solution in the indicated spot on the test strip. You usually have to wait at least 10 or 15 minutes. At the beginning, the test is processing the sample, so it's not accurate unless you wait. There will be some color changes on the strip. Usually, the first line that appears is called the control line. That line should appear on every test. If the control line doesn't show up, it means that the test is faulty. So, how do you read the results? If there is just one line on the C, that means the test is negative. If two lines show up, that means it's positive. If there is no line on the C but a line on the T, or if no lines appear at all, that means you have an invalid result. If the result is negative, the test strip can be discarded. To dispose of it safely, make sure it is completely wrapped and sealed first. If the result is positive, seal it and take it with you to a PCR testing station to confirm the results. The tourist industry is once more in the limelight as COVID cases climb. At one major hotel, managers have decided to get serious about helping staff improve their general health. They hope preventative measures could protect employees from the virus. If everyone's immune system is working as well as can be, they reason staff are less likely to catch COVID. We paid them a visit to see how it's going. 20 hotel staff gather in a courtyard to stretch and shake out their stiffness. As the pandemic heats up, the hotel industry is once more on the front line. While most attention is focused on vaccines, this hotel invited its 400 members of staff to do communal exercise and eat healthily to improve their immunity and general health. You can just do it with a calm attitude, yeah? Because after all, the pandemic is so severe now, so we're just reminding each other. I'm a wedding consultant. After we got the pandemic packages, even before we meet the bride and groom, we have an extra level of protection both for us and for them. The hotel urges employees to drink plenty of freshly squeezed lemon water. Canteen meals are full of vitamin D, with lots of sweet potatoes, turmeric and protein for a balanced diet. Each member of staff is offered an immune boost bag, including vitamins and ginseng drink, as well as a relaxing eye mask. The hotel's managers believe that even if the pandemic can't be held off, we can still do all we can to keep up our own natural line of defense. We wanted to stand up and lead the way, so that businesses and the public know that raising your own immunity is the only remedy in the end. The push from central government to get a third COVID shot has been directed strongly at the tourism sector. This hotel wants to be proactive in helping staff protect themselves, rather than waiting for government orders. Whether giving guests wonderful service or fighting off a virus, our physical health is always crucial. Miali County is celebrating the success of its own real-life Animal Crossing. You, you may remember we previously reported the county built a tunnel in the air over a bridge. 
The project aimed to allow wild animals to avoid the dangerous roads. But leopard cats are very circumspect about strange new things. Now, for the first time in more than a year, a leopard cat was filmed using the tunnel to cross the river. A leopard cat's bright eyes shine in the darkness as it glances to and fro. It leaps over a fence to cross the river by walking over this crossing tunnel. The film excited Miaoli County officials. The tunnel has been there 436 days, and finally, we have filmed a leopard cat crossing over the top. Leopard cats are nocturnal creatures and come out at night, but mountain roads are dark and they can often be hit by traffic. To reduce road accidents, Miaoli County spent 2.5 million NT on this wild animals river crossing tunnel, just downstream of Zhuolan Township. We put down some artificial sawdust inside the tunnel, so it seems more like a natural environment, and we opened up more ventilation windows and pinpricks to let in light. The Leopard Cat's tunnel was carefully designed and completed in early 2021. Many animals have been seen using it, from palm civets and ferret badgers to rats and house cats. But the Leopard Cat is astonishingly cautious. They've been seen lingering around the entrance to the tunnel or popping their heads inside for a look. But they always turn around and run away again fast. This is the first time one has been documented actually crossing the river using the tunnel. This year, we will continue and make improvements to the top of the tunnel so they use it more frequently. The Agriculture Department at Miaoli County plans to remodel the tunnel to make it more appealing. They won't give up until the cats trust that this is a safe way to get from one bank to the other.